Hi, this is Elena and Wesley, host of Life at 11. And this is Our Future is Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 13-year-old Leanne Warner. Leanne went missing. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's sports from a kid's point of view. This is Behind the Line on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, here is your host. The Lost. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Leanna, age progressed to 12 years, please click on the link on the Voice America Kids homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Max Merkin, and you're listening to Behind the Lines. Today, we'll be talking about the MLB Awards, the MLB Postseason, and the NFL. Now, this show marks the 10th one that has made it on the air. You can email us, and we'll figure it out for you. But we do hope you email us and tweet us, and now we'll move on to baseball. Now, I said this last show, and I'm going to say it again, and that is you're hearing a lot of baseball talk because baseball is a prime sport right now. The NFL is a quarter of the way through, and, you know, that's a big deal. The first four weeks went by very fast, but... The MLB season is very, very exciting. Now, we're going to talk about the MLB awards, which might not be as exciting, but it's still a great conversation to have. Before we do, let's talk about the, uh, the MLB important dates, upcoming events on your baseball calendar. December 1st marks the last day to request outright waivers to assign players prior to the Rule 5 draft. December 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern time is the last time to outright a player, which means send them down to the minor leagues without them having an option to be released. Prior to the Rule 5 draft, December 7th is the last date for a player who declared free agency to accept an arbitration offer from former club. Deadline is midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific, and the you know the player that we think about when we think about arbitration this uh, upcoming offseason is Clayton Kershaw, December 5th to 8th. Baseball winter meetings in Dallas, Texas, December 8th. The last day of the winter meetings is the Rule 5 draft. Now we're going to talk about the awards, you know, just some of those dates you can put on your calendar. Now, it's the postseason. It's towards the end of the season. But uh, it's not that long away from opening day 2012 or even spring training. Now let's talk about who's going to be taking home the hardware, who's going to be taking home these trophies uh, AL MVP, there's really two people on my mind. Um, really, who I think is going to take it, Adrian Gonzalez, just because he did so much for Boston. He was such an all-around player. He's probably a gold glover if Mark Teixeira doesn't run away with it. Uh, either him, Curtis Granderson's another guy, but I don't think his average is helping his cause. He did hit 41 home runs, but he batted in the 260s. But if those two guys don't come away with it, I think Justin Verlander might win it just because he's so good. He helps his team so much. Without him, they would have been in the last place in that AL Central. Now, the NL MVP, many people at the beginning of the season thought it would be Troy Tulowitzki. He did catch fire in September. Uh, he had 14 home runs. He did really, really, really well. But he got injured. And many people thought his teammate Carlos Gonzalez would uh 
would come away with it if Tulo didn't. But I think it's going to be Matt Kemp. You know, the top three guys in that NL for MVP is Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, and Matt Kemp. And MVP stands for most valuable player. But these players need to help their team. And an MVP is a player that helps their team more than any other player helps their team. So I don't think a Brewer, a Milwaukee Brewer, is going to come away with it this year. They might be deserving. But Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder are two very good players. But the question is, which one of them helps their team more? And you can't figure that out. So then you look to the Los Angeles Dodgers, and there's Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp, the one with 39 home runs, 126 RBIs, a 324 batting average, and 41 stolen bases. He scored more runs and had more total bases than anyone in the NL. I think it's going to be Matt Kemp. Uh, A.L. Cy Young, no, no doubt about it. It's definitely Justin Verlander. We're not even going to talk about that. Jared Weaver makes it a teeny bit interesting, but... You know, it's not going to be unanimous because it never is unanimous, but it's going to be Verlander. Uh, and also, you know, many people thought it would be Cliff Lee or Roy Halladay. I mean, look at Halladay. He led the MLB in wins in 2010 with 21 innings pitched in complete games. Uh, he pitched a perfect game last year. Many people thought he would pitch one this year, pitch a no-hitter. He did very well, but Clayton Kershaw is my guy, not just because I'm from Los Angeles, but because he is so dominant, I would love to see him go against Justin Verlander because you don't know who's going to win that. He led the league in strikeouts. He was tied for wins, led an ERA, meaning he came home with the triple crown of pitching. He is definitely the Cy Young candidate. Uh, Ian Kennedy is another guy that many people from Arizona are throwing around. I like Kennedy, but his ERA is too high. Ale Rookie of the Year. Uh, many people this year thought it would be Mike Moustakis. Uh, people called him Moose. He was the ninth best prospect in the game, according to Baseball America. But uh, it seems to be his teammate, Eric Hosmer. You know, if it's not Hosmer, it's Jeremy Hellickson. If it's not Jeremy Hellickson, it's Michael Pineda. That's such an interesting race. Really, it is. I think it's going to be Hosmer or uh, or Hellickson, just because Hellickson helped the Rays get to the postseason. NL Rookie of the Year, many people thought Brandon Belt would uh, take it away, but that's a really tough one because there's so many great pitchers. I'm going to go with Craig Kimbrell. I'm going to say that a closer wins a Rookie of the Year for the second straight year just because he was so good he broke the rookie record for saves. And again, Atlanta wouldn't have gotten as close to the postseason as they did without Craig Kimbrell. He uh, shot 45 games. NL Manager of the Year, Joe Madden. Uh, no question, he's such a great man to be around. He's funny, and he's so smart. Nobody ever gave up on him. The Rays made the postseason, ended up losing in four games to the Texas Rangers, but Madden's got to win it for me. NL Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Ron Reinecke. He, uh, he took guys like Zach Reinecke, Giovanni Gallardo, and Sean Markham, and he led them to a great pitching staff and explosive offense. Uh, the Brewers got to the postseason, which helps Reinecke's cause. But they were considered a long shot. He nailed his interview when he was hired to succeed. Ken Maka, uh, word out of Florida is that he, he's developed good rapport for his, play, or rapport for his players. And I'm, uh, I'm picking the first-time manager to guide the Brewers past the Reds, into the, or not past the Reds, past the other NL teams in the postseason because I think he's so good. Uh, I definitely think he's got that. 
AL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, you know, I'd like to say Dustin Pedroia because he had a broken foot and he did really well this season, especially towards the end. But I'm going to go with Bartolo Colon. Um, you know, the Comeback Player of the Year, one of the least glamorous, uh, one of the least glamorous awards given. But Bartolo had stem cell surgery. He had a, a surgery. The MLB looked into it. It was clean, and he just came back. And he pitched well. The Yankees took a chance on him, and I think he's going to come away with that. NL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, many thought Aramis Ramirez would do it, or would you know take it away because he uh, didn't have a good 2010, and people thought he'd have a good 2011. But there's no way anyone other than one named Ryan Vogelsong is going to win that because Ryan Vogelsong is one of the best pitchers in the National League. His story is so good. So absolutely amazing. He started off in the minors. He was signed by the Giants, traded to Pittsburgh, called up. And his second start ever in the major leagues, he needed Tommy John surgery. He got Tommy John surgery, bounced around the Pirates minor league system, picked up by the Phillies, his hometown team, right as his father-in-law tragically died. He was released by the Phillies before he ever got to put on a uniform. For, the, for Philadelphia, the Giants picked him up. Barry Zito goes down. He comes up and shuts down the door. He didn't do so well towards the end of the season, but it's definitely him. You know, there's absolutely no way um, Ryan Vogelson not winning it. He's so good, uh, so that's who I think. So, once again, AL MVP, Adrian Gonzalez or Justin Verlander, NL MVP, Matt Kemp, no doubt. Uh, NL Cy Young, I'd have to go with Clayton Kershaw, AL Cy Young, Roy Halladay. Um, NL Manager of the Year is uh, Ron Reinecke. Uh, American League uh, American League Manager of the Year is uh, Joe Madden. Uh, just naming some of the most the glamorous awards, uh, not to be stereotypical. Uh, Ryan Vogelsong, Bartolo Colon coming away probably with the Comeback Player of the Year award. And that takes us to the end of our first segment here at Behind the Lines is show number 10. Um, you're listening on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Max Merkin. If you want to talk to us about what you think of the show, what sports you want us to talk about, whether it's Canadian football or soccer or UFC or tennis or golf or wrestling, we'll talk about it. You just have to tweet in or email us. Email us voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Tweet in at behind the line, behind, spelled B-H-I-N-D, B-T-N-L, capitalized. So tweet us, email us. Next segment, we're going to talk about the more interesting stuff of baseball, that being the postseason. The Rays lost in four games, but everything else seems interesting here. In the postseason, you're listening to Behind the Lines on the Voice America Kids Network. Stay tuned for our next segment. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. 
Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. Action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening here on Behind the Line. Now, we talked just about the MLB awards and who would get them, the important dates in baseball. Now we're going to talk about the MLB postseason race. But before we do, just a piece of news if you haven't heard yet. Uh, the Red Sox and Terry Francona, their longtime manager, you could say, of eight years, have decided to equally um, say goodbye to each other, I guess you could say. Uh, Tito Francona is gone. He's not a manager in Boston. He brought him two World Series rings. Theo Epstein and John Henry, the GM and uh, owner of the team, both stated many, many times that this had nothing to do with Boston's September collapse just that they wanted to become better. They wanted the players to act differently and against under Francona. That wouldn't work. Rumors say that he took a job with, uh, he took a broadcasting job. We haven't heard with who yet, whom yet, but just a piece of news there. Now we're going to talk about the MLB postseason. And again, if you haven't heard, the Tampa Bay Rays were nine and a half games back going into September. By September 2nd, they were nine and a half games back. Then they came back. They started uh, gaining games on the Red Sox. Uh, there was a point where they were four and a half back with six to play, and nobody really thought they would pull it off. They went three out of four in Boston, and it became interesting. They were a game and a half out. They go. Uh, they win two out of three from the Yankees in New York, something not many teams do. Then they go down to Tampa. 
and they're saying, okay, we need to win two out of three, and Boston need to lose two out of three for us to advance to the playoffs. But then they kind of, Joe Madden realized, wait a second, if we sweep the Yankees, we're playing 163rd game at the minimum. And uh, nobody said that. Joe Madden actually stated that in the press conference. And people kind of looked at him crazy. There were actually a few laughs in the crowd. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Boston lost to Baltimore in a walk-off, uh, a walk-off hit, I guess you could say. Kyle Crawford dove and should have came up with the ball. He's certainly not a good acquisition by the Red Sox. Baltimore won the game, and all Boston can do is watch. Then what happens, of course, Evan Longoria down seven runs. The Rays are down seven runs in the eighth. They start coming back. Evan Longoria hits a three-run home run, down one run. Uh, then Dan Johnson steps up, one strike away from losing the game. Boston would have then gone to the postseason. He hits a home run, ice water in his veins. Then Evan Longoria steps up in the 10th or 11th and hits a line drive home run over the left field fence. Absolutely such a good job by the Rays. Hats off to them. They went into the postseason and they lost in four games. Then in the National League, the Cards were down by eight and a half games. Come back, Atlanta loses to Philadelphia again in extra innings, and St. Louis goes to the postseason. First time a team, two teams in both leagues, first time a team in both leagues have been down by at least eight and a half games and came back to win the wild card or any league for that matter. Truly amazing. And we're going to take you uh, looking at some stats here, some uh, expanded batting stats, something you really look at a lot. That's why we're here. That's why I'm talking to you guys. You can look in depth at certain sports. We're looking at the Yankees, the Rangers, and the Rays, a couple of AL teams. Um, Jorge Posada and Brett Gardner, after four games, lead the American League in highest batting average. Uh, Posada has 15 total plate appearances. He sees about four pitches per plate appearance, which is very, very good. Uh, Mike Napoli, 357 average, sees almost five pitches, which is even better. Uh, taking a look at the American League, uh, or at the National League now, uh, you know, I'll do it a little bit better. Jimmy Rollins having a quiet series. Uh, after four games, he's hitting 563 with four extra base hits. Chase Utley is uh, hitting 462. So the two uh, Bruce brothers in Philly, I guess you could call them, hitting uh, 563 and 462, both have 17 plate appearances, uh, but Ugly sees about a pitch more per at-bat. Very, very good stats. Right now we're going to take a look, though, at the Rays and the Rangers. The Rays had momentum going into this series. Actually, they had a lot of momentum. They go into Game 1. Game 1 is in Texas, mind you. And uh, Tampa Bay scores nine runs. And you're thinking, well, these are two very high teams. They're very high-scoring teams. It, it's probably nine to seven. You know, Texas lost. It was nine to nothing. The Rangers get shut out. Matt Moore pitches a wonderful game. Seven innings, six strikeouts. And you might be thinking, well, okay, I've heard of Matt Moore. He shouldn't. He should pitch a good game. This guy made one major league start before the postseason. They added him to the roster because he is so good. Uh, looking in here, uh, Kelly Shopik hit two home runs, five RBIs. 
Johnny Damon uh, had three RBIs, and that's basically it. Matt Joyce had an RBI. So you're thinking, wow, their momentum's going to bring them to the top. Maybe, but then they lose six to eight. They lose eight to six, sorry. And uh, it's still a high-scoring game. Tampa must be saying, okay, we're scoring runs. Our pitching just needs to step up. Then game three, the Rangers score four runs. The Rays score three. They're saying, okay, our pitchers did pretty well today, but we didn't score enough. You know, three runs is not enough in the postseason for two high-scoring teams. So now they're frantic. Now they're saying we're up against the wall, and uh, the pressure did not help in their favor. They lost four, two, three. So not very good. Um, that's the only finalized series as we speak. Um, it's it's very very. Uh, it's exciting stuff. Definitely no question. Exciting stuff. But um, you know, I love the postseason, but. I wanted to see Tampa take it. I really, really wanted to see Tampa Bay do well. Uh, now looking in, the Phillies well, were up 2-1, to one and the Cardinals came back. So uh, it looks as though we have at least two series going into five games. Um, but looking at, you know, we love to look in-depth here. So we're going to look at rookies. We're going to look at rookies in the postseason. Actually, sorry, mind that. We're going to look at outfielders for the National League. And uh, it's not pretty at all. Um, you know, when you're, you're looking batting average-wise, um, Hunter Pence is batting 267. You'd think he'd do better. Uh, Shane Victorino, 250. Corey Hart, 231. Lance Berkman, 200. Uh, you know, John Jay, 182. Looking uh, kind of more... In depth, at it. Alan Craig has ten at bats. He's hitting one hundred. But then another kind of, another kind of interesting fact is that Raul Labon is hitting three seventy five, three hits and eight at bats, one home run, four RBIs. So you know we figured something out about the postseason, and it may not have been a secret to you out there listening, but people step up. Raul Abanez was booed at one point. You know, people cheer Raul in Philadelphia. They're starting, he's starting to hear less Raul and more boo. And he said to himself, I want to stay in Philly. Uh, my contract's almost up. I'm going to hit a home run, have four RBIs. I'm going to do well in the postseason. You know, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, doing very, very well. We actually want to take a look really quickly before the segment ends at first baseman. Uh, Albert Pools and Ryan Howard really stepping up. Pool holds 4-12 average, 17 at-bats, no home runs yet. But, uh, you know, it's looking very good. It's very exciting. Uh, just very quickly, uh, the Rangers are in the American League Championship Series. The Yankees and Tigers very, very tough. Justin Verlander got a win. Uh, very gritty series there. I think the, uh, the Yankees are going to take it. I think they're going to move on to the NLCS, and I think the Rangers are going to win again, make it to the World Series. They're just such a dynamic team. In the NL, I think the Brewers are going to go all the way. I think they're going to beat Arizona, although I love the Diamondbacks, love the way they play, love the way Kirk Gibson manages. But um, I'm going to say they're going to beat Arizona in five games. They're going to go to the uh, NLCS against St. Louis. I know I like the underdogs. And they're going to beat St. Louis. Uh, in five or six games. So I say now 
Don't listen to what I said before. It's going to be Texas and Milwaukee final statement in the World Series. Stay tuned. Uh, maybe next show we'll talk about it more. We will do a show before the World Series. Uh, most we will probably do a show before the World Series. So uh, we're going to conclude this segment here. Uh, you can email us about what you think about the first two segments, voiceamericankidsatyahoo.com. You can also tweet us at Behind the Line, B-H-B-T and L capitalized behind, spelled B-H-I-N-D. Uh, please tweet us. Please email us. We'll try to get your stuff on the air. You're listening to Behind the Lines on the Voice America Kids coming up next, the NFL. Stay tuned here for our next segment. We can't wait to talk to you. Stay tuned. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes, they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune in to Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Max Merkin and you're listening to Behind the Lines. We've talked about the MLB. We're going to talk about the NFL now. You can email us in your thoughts and opinions about this segment about the show. Uh, VoiceAmericaKids at Yahoo.com or tweet us at Behind the Lines, behind spelled B-H-I-N-D, 
and uh, B, T, and L are capitalized. Uh, search it, tweet us, keep it show appropriate, but we will try to get your thoughts on the air. As I said, we talked about the MLB. And uh, coming up in the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the NFL because with the NBA probably going to be locked out, the NHL not a glamorous sport for many, and it hasn't even started yet. Let's talk football. Um, you know, the NFC East, you know, the, first of all, the NFC is a complete shock to so many people. Um, pretty much every, every division is shocking. In the NFC East, the Redskins and Giants are tied for first, uh, both 3-1. and one. In the NFC North, both Detroit and Green Bay are tied for first, both 4-0. and oh. Now, Green Bay defending Super Bowl champions. Nobody thought they would come close. But then Detroit, Detroit with Ndamukong and Sue, and that's about it, and Matt Stafford go 4-0 and three games on the road, too. They go 3-0 and on the road. That's truly amazing. Looking at the NFC South, Tampa Bay and New Orleans tied for first. No one thought New Orleans would be in last, third, or second. But... Tampa Bay, a little bit surprising. Atlanta, just 2-2, two two, 500. NFC West, San Fran, the 49ers storming to first place, 750. Win percentage, 3-1, and 1-1 one. One and one at home, 2-0 and oh on the road. Uh, that's such a, disappointing seer, uh, such a disappointing division. Last year, the Seahawks won it with seven wins. Not exciting, but this year, San Francisco with the second-best record in the NFL. Uh, just playing four games so far. I personally thought Arizona was going to do much better. Love the Cardinals. Thought Kevin Cobb and Todd Heap would have really done great things. Season's a quarter of the way through. I think they're going to push back, but San Francisco is looking very, very good. Uh, American Football Conference, the AFC known to many people. The AFC East, one of the most surprising divisions in football. Not because the Patriots are in first place. Not because the Dolphins are in last, but the Buffalo Bills, 3-1, and 750 win percentage, 1-1 and on the road, 2-0 and at home. They've allowed 96 points in four games, very high-scoring games. They're the most exciting team in football, no question. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but my New York Jets are 2-2, two and two, 500, and the Buffalo Bills are 3-1, and one. And honestly, it's because Brad Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, both doing great things. Brad Smith, that Wildcat quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, their main quarterback. I think Buffalo is going to win the division. They already beat the Pats, I believe. If they didn't, they came close. I despise, I don't despise anyone. I don't like New England uh, because they cheated a couple years ago. Not a big fan of cheaters. But uh, they're a great football team, good to admit that. But Buffalo, really surprising. AFC North, the least exciting division in football. Baltimore up three to three to one, or Baltimore three and one, seven fifty win percentage, one and one record on the road. They've allowed only fifty seven points though. That is great for them. Cincinnati surprisingly tied for second. I thought Cleveland was going to storm second place, maybe even make a run at first place, but. The Pittsburgh Steelers looking mighty fine. They're 2-2, two and two, okay. They're going to push to first place. This is exactly how it went last year. Two, three teams tied for second place. Uh, Baltimore loses this weekend, and one of these teams wins. 
it's going to be a four-way tie for first. I mean, it's it's close. One of the closest divisions. Uh, AFC South also surprising. The Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans tied for first. Jacksonville one and three. Indianapolis zero oh and four. Not looking good. Peyton Manning neck surgery could be out for his career. How many times have you heard that? Peyton Manning in need of neck surgery. He's uh he's not looking good. Kerry Collins then gets hurt. Uh, Curtis Painter, their third string quarterback, never seen a minute of the NFL before this season, is now playing every minute of every game. AFC West, San Diego, Superchargers, 3-1, undefeated at home, uh, haven't won a game on the road. They've just played one, allowed 85 points. Oakland, surprisingly in second place, everyone thought the Kansas City Chiefs would do well, but KC not doing so well, 0-2 on the road. That's going to come back to bite them. Same with Denver. Now, looking in-depth, as we love to do on this show, really? The Washington Redskins have allowed 63 points. That is the most surprising stat to me. The second most surprising stat is that the Detroit Lions are 4-0. But the third one is that Baltimore, the Ravens, have allowed 57 points. 57 points. That is so shocking because they're a good team, yes, but you still don't think that they would allow such a a small amount. Let's look into more stats now. Uh, Passer rating, Aaron Rodgers leads the NFL with 124.6 rating. Tom Brady, of course, always up there with a 111.3. Eli Manning, surprisingly enough, is in third. Matt Hasselbeck in fourth. Tackles, Pat Angerer of Indianapolis has 50 of them, which is surprising. Um, that's really the most notable name on there. Cavell Connor of Indy 53, so Indy, even though they're 0-4, tackling machine. The Quell Jackson, there's a name for you, 40 uh, tackles, and Nick Barnett of Buffalo is 39. Rushing yards, Darren McFadden, 468 yards. Maurice Jones drew around 100 yards behind him. Uh, that's a, a fun category to watch. Receiving Wes Welker leads as he usually does. Steve Smith right behind him. Carolina doing okay. And Mike Wallace of Pittsburgh, I, I, uh, I predict a breakout year for him. Uh, interceptions, Chris Houston and Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson, excuse me, have three. Ladarius Webb has two. Sacks, Jason Babin, Babin, don't know how to pronounce that name, of Philadelphia has seven sacks already. Jaron Allen of Minnesota, just half of a sack behind him. So uh, it's very, very exciting. Um, taking a look at last year, last year's stats, um, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Aaron Rodgers all led in passer rating. Uh, two of the three are leading now. Uh, Mike Vick also is up there. He's not this year. Aaron Foster, Jamal Charles, Michael, Michael Turner, Chris Johnson, and MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, all led last year. This year, Maurice Jones-Drew is the only one leading in rushing yards through a quarter of a season. Last year, Gerard Mayo um, and Chad Greenway led in tackles this year. They're nowhere to be found. DeMarcus Ware uh, led in sacks with 15.5. Clay Matthews was two behind him. Receiving yards, Brandon Lloyd, huge season. Roddy Wright, Reggie Wayne, Greg Jennings. Mike Wallace is the only guy who was in the top five receiving yards last year to be in the top five in the first quarter. 
picks. Ed Reed had eight. Not a very good year for interceptions. He's not on the list this year. But, of course, he's only been through four games. So, you know, taking a look at that, it's really interesting to see, uh, you know, it's really changed. And I feel it's safe to say that that the NFL has changed. Uh, many of the players, many of the teams, they've changed. We're uh, almost concluding our third segment here on Behind the Line. Next segment, we're going to talk more about the NFL. But um, uh, you can email us at voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. You can tweet us at Behind the Line, behind, spelled B-H-I-N-D, B-T and L capitalized. Tweet us, email us. We'll try to get your opinions, your thoughts on the air. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the NFL, so stay tuned here on Behind the Line. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening on the Voice America Kids Network. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back, to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Max Merkin and you're listening to Behind the Line. We've talked about the MLB awards. We've talked about the MLB postseason. We've talked about how, about the NFL, the leaders, and uh, surprising stats. But, um... Now we're going to talk more about, you know, more in-depth weekly leaders throughout the season, starting from week four, going back to the first week of the season. Now, you can email us your opinions, voiceamericankids at yahoo.com. Tweet us at uh, behind the line, behind, spelled B-H-I-N-D, B-T-L, all capitalized. So, NFL weekly leaders, 2011, week four, Michael Vick, uh, Passing leaders, 416 yards, two TDs, one pick, sacked twice, rating 99.5, but they lost by one point to San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers, uh, nothing surprising about his his line. 29 completions, 38 attempts, just through nine incomplete passes. One of them was an interception. 408 yards, four TDs, 134.5 passer rating. That is unbelievable. Cam Newton of Carolina. By the way, Aaron Rodgers and his team won 49-23 against the Broncos. Cam Newton, uh, 411 passing yards in his first ever NFL game. Uh, He slowed down a little bit. 27 for 46, 374, one touchdown, one interception. Didn't get sacked. He's too fast for sacks. 83.1, Drew, uh, Cam Newton lost at Chicago by five points of all numbers. Drew Brees, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, they won at Jacksonville 23-10. He was 31 for 44, 351 yards, one touchdown, two picks, surprisingly enough, 82.7 rating. Colt McCoy, uh, just one yard shy of Drew Brees in week four. He lost to Tennessee through a touchdown and a pick. 40 for 61, a lot of passes, not a lot of completions. Rushing leaders really quickly, Matt Forte, Number one, Arian Foster, number two, Beanie Wells, number three, Ryan Torrain, number four, Frank Gore, number five, Forte, one, Foster, one, Beanie Wells, lost, Ryan Torrain, one, Frank Gore, one. Uh, Beanie Wells scored three touchdowns. Uh, his longest, uh, longest, yard, longest attempt was 39 yards. Uh, but Matt Forte, 205 yards, 8.2 yards per carry. 46 long, none of them fumbled. That's how good they are receiving. Steve Smith, 181 yards and eight reception. If you're not very good at math, that's 22.6 average, 53 long, no touchdowns, which is very, very surprising. Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver for the Eagles, uh, lost 24-23 at San Fran. Six receptions, 171 yards, 28.5 yards, Per catch, 61 long. By the way, Steve Smith lost at Chicago. Akeem Nix, Wes Welker, both won. Uh, Welker, 158. 
Hakeem Nicks 162. Both of them averaged around 17 yards per catch. Pierre Garçon lost uh, at Tampa Bay 24-17. He had 146, two receptions, two touchdowns, 73 yards per average. That is huge. Um, if Peyton Manning was there, I'm sure that's that would have been a lot higher. Defensive-wise, Cavell Connor, Yarema Bell, Paul Pazlun, sorry, Paul Pasulanzi. I'm sorry, I can't read this name. Uh, actually, he didn't lead defensive-wise. Stephen Tuluk and George Wilson uh, all lost this week. But um, really, Cavell Connor taking it away. 14 assists, uh, uh, quite a many tackles, no sacks, no picks, no touchdowns. But he is a linebacker, so uh, you, you can't give him, you can't take that away from him. We're gonna go very quickly through week three. Just name the players who led: uh, Joe Flacco, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Matt Schaub. All led two loss, two one. The highest among them: three eighty-nine yards, three touchdowns. That was Flacco's line. Uh, running wise, rushing wise, I guess I should say, Darren McFadden, uh, nineteen carries, one seventy-one yards, two touchdowns. Uh, receiving in week three, Wes Welker led as he does most weeks, two touchdowns for him. And Pat Ingerer uh, had nine assists that week. Uh, going to week two, just very quickly before we wrap it up here, uh, Cam Newton led 432 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Not so good interception-wise, uh, 72 passer rating, but many, many yards. And then week one, uh, Cam Newton had 422 yards, but... That was a great week for passing. Tom Brady, 517 yards. Cam Newton, 422 yards. Drew Brees, 419. Chad Henney, 416. Tony Romo, 342. In total, 246, 8, 10, 12, 15 touchdowns between them and just four picks. Um, Tony Romo fumbled once. Uh, nobody had a passer rating below 100 except for Chad Henney. So uh, passing's really, it's the year of passing, I guess it's safe to say. Many players doing very, very well. We're, uh, we're halfway through our second segment, uh, or our fourth segment, I guess I could say. Um, we would really like to hear your input. We said the, uh, we said the email address and Twitter feed uh, for that, you can email us if you have any questions you want us to take a look at that. Uh, just for week one, so you get a feel for it. Every running back in the top five won a game. Uh, first time that's happened in a while. Darren McFadden, 158. Or 150, excuse me. LaShawn McCoy, 122. Cedric Benson, 121. Ben Tate, 116. And Fred Jackson, 112. That being the yards they rushed for. Just three touchdowns between the top five running backs of week one. Uh, one fumble by Ben Tate, but we still love him at behind the line. Uh, Receiving-wise, four out of the five receivers lost, that being in the top five. Uh, but Seth Smith, 178 yards, he, or Steve Smith, he's going to have a very, very good season this year, I can tell already. Two touchdowns, 77 long. But Wes Welker, the stat of the, I guess, the quarter, 99 yards was his long. Tom Brady is at the one. Let me just paint the picture for you. 
Tom Brady and the Patriots are beating Oakland by or not beating Oakland. They're beating Miami. And uh the score reads 38-24, which is closer than it really was because Miami scored a few last minute touchdowns. But Wes Welker, Tom Brady, they're on the one yard line. Uh usually you run, usually you get as far away from the end zone as you can and then punt it. Um the Patriots said, it's okay, we're not going to do that. What did they do? Well, they decided that Wes Welker would go on a post. Uh, Tom Brady hits him. He runs 99 yards for the touchdown. That was probably the most exciting play I've seen in a quarter, um, other than the Jets' fumble of Tony Romo and Revis's pick. That was such an exciting game. Um, Sean Lee of the Dallas Cowboys had a good week one, um, one pick, two assists, 10 tackles. Um, Lawrence Timmons doing pretty good. Barrett Rudd doing pretty well. Morgan Burnett, Pat Ingerer, uh is doing very well. He seems to be the highlight of Indianapolis this season, taking a look at his stats in losses, which is all of their games. He's had 50 tackles. Um, no interceptions, but he, as we said, he is a linebacker. His next game, uh, they're 0-4. They're they started off 0-4, not very good. He had uh, 21 tackles against Pittsburgh, 13 against Houston. Um, so Pat Anger, probably the highlight of the Indianapolis Colts season. He's 6 feet, which is very small for linebacker. 235, uh, born January 31st, 1987, he's 24, and he leads the league in tackles. Uh, went to college for two years at Iowa. Uh, so he knows what he's doing. He's very young, going to be a very, very good player. And uh, we're going to wrap up today's show, Behind the Lines, with Pat Angerer and football stats. We talked about Major League Baseball awards. We talked about Major League Baseball postseason and the NFL. So you want us to talk about something new, something different, email us, voiceamericakids at yahoo.com, or tweet us at behind the line, behind spelled B-H-I-N-D, B-T-N-L, capitalized. Please do so. We would love to hear from you. But that wraps up our 10th show of Behind the Line. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Max Merkin. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. That's the end of regulation play. Join us next week for another edition of Behind the Line, an insider's look at sports from a kid's point of view. We'll see you next week on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids, real kids, Real Talk Radio. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.